to the Trail Island Podcast. It's another Wednesday and another episode. I'm your host, Alex, and I'm joined by... Matthew. And Steve. Yeah. Matthew, can you hear me okay? You I, no, I can hear you. Your voice is silky okay. smooth. Why you are you see- sitting that far down the beach, though? Um, I Look, I haven't been able to shower for a long time, that's and I, I didn't want to yeah. offend anyone, basically. No, that's not. We- yeah. yeah. That's, that's probably valid. Steve, you're doing all right? I haven't showered in a while, but I'm happy to share. <laughs> No, no, it's, it's fine. I just want to move on from whatever's happening over there. I mean, it's a bit hard to see from how far away I am, but um, I think we've reached a bit of a milestone, haven't we? We have. Ah. We have. Re- we've reached a Trail Island milestone. Uh, we're still alive for it as well, which is fantastic. And we all asked... our lawsuits are now settled. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and with thanks to you, the listener, we are celebrating our twentieth episode. Huzzah. Oh, fantastic! Which is very exciting. It's exciting. Who would have thought it? <laughs> What are we going to celebrate this episode with, though? Well, oh. I don't know if it's a celebration because I'm really sad after watching it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's a poignant thing, though. It's... There is a positive outcome to yeah uh, to to this film now being, you know, it's 2020 world of the pandemic. Everything that we're watching is basically coming out of Netflix, but we're hoping to get to the cinemas more. If I think I've seen to the cin- been to the cinema like twice this year. Yeah. Well, if they stop delaying things... Well, look, we were talking about this before we started recording. It is valid that they are delaying mm-hmm. cinema mm-hmm. releases, but um, it's going to be a while, I think, before we get back to a proper... I think we're almost yeah. uh, three out of three or four out of four for movies being delayed that we were excited for in that bonus <laughs> chat that we did. Unfortunately, yes. Uh, but this one is not delayed because it's been released. Mm. Um, who would like to do the intro to this film? Oh, I wouldn't mind if that's right. Please go ahead. So we are going to be talking about the Netflix documentary, um, David Attenborough. I've forgotten the title of it. It's David Attenborough's... A Life on Our Planet. A Life on Our Planet. Right, we've got rather different program. I am David Attenborough and I am 93. I've had the most extraordinary life. It's only now that I appreciate how extraordinary. The living world is a unique and spectacular marvel. Yet the way we humans live on Earth is sending it into a decline. Human beings have overrun the world. We're replacing the wild with the tame. This film is my witness statement and my vision for the future. The story of how we came to make this our greatest mistake. And how, if we act now, we can yet put it right. planet is headed for disaster. We need to learn how to work with nature rather than against it. And I'm going to tell you how. That gave me chills, that trailer. Has David Attenborough now used like every combinations of the like the words life and planet and 
all that for his documentary. Well, well, two very different reactions to that one. <laughs> he's letting... allowed to, Steve. <laughs> he's allowed to. He's a good-looking 93-year-old. Oh, he's doing very well for his age. I, I would like to just, if I may, start this conversation with a question. Pray tell. Are we perhaps concerned that with how much everyone sort of accepts David Attenborough, and as you know, as we rightly should in his opinions, are we? In, is he perhaps turning into a Bond villain? I, you know what? Uh, I was what? I was watching that trailer, and you know something popped up to me. Yeah, it's like if this this could quite easily be David Attenborough's like version of Taken, like with <laughs> Liam Neeson, like he's about to take out humanity because he's angry with I how everything honestly, is going. Oh, right. I could honestly see like a, a Hugo Drax style Bond villain <laughs> who's going to who because um you know overpopulation is a crisis we're facing on this planet and he goes into that it's like and he does kind of say like we need to have less humans and he's like is this is he going to turn into a do we need like Sean Connery to come down and take this guy out like what's going to happen <laughs> I was really disappointed that he really didn't like explicitly say that we need a we need a population call. <laughs> like he's, he's skirting the issue a lot. Well, because it's it's a pretty <laughs> heavy <laughs> statement just to say, "Hey, we need we need to do like it's it's a really horrible thing to bit say." Bit too soon during a pandemic as well. <laughs> well, look, I I, I hate to like I, I should say I have a lot of respect for the guy. I I did have one of those really sort of dark comedy moments watching this. So I thought, I guess he's kind of please that we're having because he does in this film he goes on in like in the reason that we're so we're thriving so much is we've actually conquered most diseases yeah. until obviously covid came along and so i was like oh, i guess you could you know small wins for you attenborough <laughs> did concentrate in population control which oh uh, look uh, i think in the context of what he's trying to talk about in this film uh really does make sense and i yeah. suppose it's a good opportunity to say what the documentary is about yeah well yeah he he certainly in the trailer we see that there's a real question and answer that he's presenting to us the viewer where he's saying these are the problems and these are the questions that humanity is facing for us to survive there are things that we need to do and in the trailer he says I will sh- I will tell you the things that we can do to make the planet better. And in the film, he does address those things. Yeah. But he it certainly drives you to the point where you're like, you have no other option but to do what he says in this. <laughs> well, he does make some really compelling and he arguments. He makes some very very, very compelling arguments. This, and- I, I watched this with um, my parents and my sister. Um, and we were basically, it, this dropped on Netflix after we'd had dinner and, and a couple of drinks, we th- and sort of my sister said, oh, there's a notification. This has just gone, this has just dropped on Netflix. We should watch it. So I had had a couple of beers and I have to admit, watching this and some of the more horrific kind of animal footage where you really feel for animals in danger and stuff, I was like, oh, this is, this is really sad. I'm, yeah, I, I feel emotional now, you know. You know what? It is a really challenging film to it watch. It is. It, it doesn't because, shy away from anything. Because Attenborough films in the past, I mean, yes, they've addressed the human impact on animals, but this really, that is the forefront of this film, mm. of our impact on animals and wildlife and forestation, deforestation, all those sort of things. Some of and, some really heartbreaking shots in this are the orangutans and the deforestation. Yeah. Oh, really man. got to me. It's really I've, sad. It made me feel like, what am I doing to help the world? Mm. Like I do my soft plastic recycling... <laughs> you know, I do, we recycle all sort of things. We do so much to prevent as much waste going to landfill. You know, we put stuff in the compost and we've got our worm farm. And I'm just like, are we doing enough? Like, do I need to go Rambo and like head into the forest and take <laughs> out know. poachers and people who are deforesting You need the to planet? start like uh, treating life like you're Matt Damon in The Martian. You need to, you need to start pooping in the garden. <laughs> you know what? 
Hey, I'm, it, I'm ahead of you, Steve. Yes. <laughs> okay, okay. It worked for him in the film. Why can't we all do that? Yeah, I, it's just potatoes left, right and centre out there, I tell you. <laughs> Potato farming. You think about other Attenborough films that we've seen and you've, we've grown up with them. Absolutely. The dude's 93 now. That's the thing, but he has earned our trust. Yeah, that's because right. Because he's yeah. always been there doing, doing, you know, fighting the good fight, if you will. Yeah. And so he's just, he's not like part of the furniture, but you do, I was thinking, obviously this is, this is a piece of entertainment that it's a documentary. We're not seeing the research that's gone into this behind. He could be saying anything and we probably believe him at this point. Yeah. Obviously, I'm assuming he's not doing that, but it is amazing the amount of trust that over his, his incredible career he's managed to earn from his audiences. That trust is exactly why this documentary exists in the first place. So this mm. is this is uh, the, the global warming, the climate change question from his scope, from his, what is it, uh, like 60 years as a... As a um, a documentarian, or a, an, if uh, if not more, yeah, I, uh, I'm reckoning almost sixty, seventy years of producing documentaries. So it's him yeah. answering this question with not the um, not what, what would you call it? Uh, is is it ethos or pathos? But it's like it's the it's the experience informed information that a person has within. It's, it was yeah. a very interesting framing device he used, and it was really effective. Where it's like you know mm-hmm. we see a recreation of him as a boy where he when he was and it's sort of saying he's basically saying i'm telling you this like you're saying steve from his point of view but over his lifetime he's noticed the differences that have occurred due to due to just our presence here on this planet. yeah it's quite a well-framed it's a it's the the story that the way that the story is told is done really well but i found it terrifying how he's got the sort of little counters that are going as the years go on you get those graphics population goes on and i i you know, I'm not, I'm not living under a rock. I sort of know the world we live in. I was, I was look, looking at it going, that is a, there's a huge difference there since the 1960s or whenever it was that, that the first one starts. Mm. Like, it's a huge number, a huge jump in I think in the population. first one starts like 1933 and they're talking at the percentage of yeah. forestation loss mm. and everything. And I'm like, I hope that number doesn't drop too much. But, <laughs> oh, it does. Oh, it does. Yeah. It's got um, something like 65% of the world is covered in, in uh, what do you call it, um, Farm, not farmland. It's a uh, fertile land. Yeah, untouched yeah. fertile land, and drops down to thirty-five percent by by today. Oh, yeah, which is like, scary. Makes me want to grow trees. Yeah, I yeah, I have to admit, I was eating chicken initially, or chicken rather, <laughs> and I was about halfway through a what was admittedly a really good chicken wing, wing and I felt so guilty. I thought. I'm going. I've I've never had an issue with um, vegetarians, but I've always maintained this. Yeah, I, I like to eat meat. I have to admit, watching this, I was going, maybe I should eat less meat. You know, like yeah. maybe I should start maybe having more of a, a veg, vegetarian kind of outlook. Like I've never nothing has ever done that to me before, and make me think I I eat too much meat. It's incredible. I thought that it did. Yeah, that. I think like it really challenges you as a person because you know you can watch films that are fictional and you go, okay, yes, this challenges me, and you know giving me a different perspective on something, blah, blah, blah. But this is, this is our life. This is our planet. And when he goes through like what will happen in the next 100 years mm. and you're like, okay, what, what am I going to be alive to see? And we are going to be alive to see a lot of the damage that is going to happen, yeah. which he then goes on to talk about. We can do our best to prevent this by doing this. And you look at the, you know, from a perspective of our current global climate <laughs> in mid 
or mid late 2020. I don't know when you, dear listener, are listening to this episode. <laughs> Maybe you're listening to this in 20, 30 years' time. You're like, ha ha, they stuffed it up. <laughs> um, which really, you know, scares me, unless we've been taken out by a solar flare and it's like, you can't oh, look, don't stream podcast. 2020 has still got a couple of months left. We've so still got time. We've I, still got time for I've something. I've got a massive, massive tidal wave for December. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Uh, see, I thought it would stop at killer bees, but nope. uh, no, uh, nope. uh, murder uh, hornets. Wasn't murder it? hornets. Murder sorry, hornets, yeah. <laughs> oh, my word. Well, look, well, I, I think I do have an issue with the documentary, and it, it's it's that it's it's questions and information and solutions that I've seen before already. I think the real key to this this piece of filmmaking is is David's perspective. His experience, mm. and I think that's the the strongest part about this documentary as well. My favorite parts of this documentary are, are the 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 um the upscale, the resize, the restored vision of him. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, back absolutely. in the sixties, you know, contacting tribes in New Guinea for the first time. Really, really lovely stuff that he mm. that he intertwines with the story as well. But the information he's sort of providing me with, I would see on a regular basis on the internet daily. Mm. that's a fair point and I think like you say it's, what makes it work is that this is Attenborough's personal conclusion perhaps it almost felt like he was going to retire after this it felt like a conclusion that he'd made to his career like a farewell tour this like he says in the trailer though this is the message he wants to sort of sign off with almost it's his witness statement as he says in the yeah. in the documentary yeah. I think his point is is that yes all this information is out there but people keep forgetting I think is perhaps his point yeah I, yeah. Look, th- he needed to make this, and oh, I, yeah. I don't think I would have watched it if it was anyone else. I ha- I would agree with you there. I when again when my sister said, "Oh, David Attenborough's new documentaries," I thought absolutely I don't watch that. But if she said, "Oh, there's this new document, an hour and a half documentary about global wa- warming," I thought, "Nah, let's do something else." Yeah. So he's that's the thing. He's got the if you want to say star power to attract a bigger audience, which is a very, he's using that for a good purpose see but if it was someone like brad pitt or whatever i you know arguably probably a bigger star in the context of people who know who they are i probably wouldn't watch it i'd be like well on that point i mean i watched the the leonardo dicaprio environmental documentary released in 2016 Mm. which again covers a lot of the same points as as david attenborough and again it comes from the, the 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 perspective of leo himself over the the like last 20 years he's been doing charity work Mm. Um, I would say that this particular documentary was a little bit more powerful because David Attenborough is 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 he's the he's the documentary guy. But that's yeah. the, he's he you know that he's seen this stuff yeah. firsthand. He's you know this is what his career has been. Whereas not to diminish any charity work that Leonardo DiCaprio mm-hmm. does because I know he's actually very very passionate about it. You sort of go, yes, but he's an actor doing charity stuff. Like it's it's a, it's just a different kind of yeah. Yeah, vibe. Yeah. And that's not Leo's fault. Like, there's no way he could capture the kind of trust. And I, I always find Attenborough because we grew up with him. It's like, yeah, it's like sitting. You're safe with him, even though he's telling you these horrible things. He's gonna like, it's okay. Like, we'll we'll get through this. I just want to tell yeah. you some stuff. You know, it was um, towards the later, the last bit of the film when he shows himself as being vulnerable. He, you can see him being vulnerable, and I was just like. On the verge of tears, you know. One thing is, old men being vulnerable in films always <laughs> catches me. But like this, just seeing seeing someone who is a childhood hero, yeah, just almost feel he almost looks defeated. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, and and I I know that that wasn't for the cameras. That was him genuinely. It was almost like it was an outtake that they aired in the documentary, saying right, like, yeah. like he is, you know, his head head is down. I wish he is thinking about what to do. I wasn't sure how to feel about those those bits. There are like within the documentary, there are there are parts where they cut to David where he's talking directly to the camera, mm. and sometimes he sometimes he is reading off a script quite blatantly, oh, which course. is fine. But I wasn't sure how to feel about the the more improvised moments where he is just sitting and talking to the camera. It just felt a little bit uh, it felt a little bit off rhythm. It wasn't, I, yeah, wasn't, they, a, wasn't a bad thing. I just, yeah. yeah they, of, I mean, they probably were, but I think they were completely valid to being mm-hmm. part of the film. I, 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 so. I did really like how, you know, for the, for the most part of the film, he's just chilling on a chair in a studio and talking, but he, the top and tails with him in Chernobyl. Yeah. Now yeah. I, I want to point out that when that film, when this film opens, and I saw him at Chernobyl, which I know, but like you can sort of go there now relatively safely, depending on you do go to the right places. But yeah. I thought, David, you should not be there. Get <laughs> out. Do you know uh, what happened here? By the time it affects him, you know. Uh, no, I know. He, he's, I, you know. But I just felt there's that sense of like care that I have for this person I've never met before. I was like, David, what are you doing? Get out of there. But I, felt I the exact same way about Joshua Dumal in the third Transformers movie. I was so worried about him in, in Ukraine. Does does uh, mm. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, you know what? I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing. I hope Michael Bay is okay playing there. <laughs> I thought that was and the dude was walking he must have had a hip replacement recently or something because he is walking around like there's no issue. He looks pretty fit. <laughs> Do Transformers for- get cancer? We're not talking about Transformers. <laughs> I hope. Well, look, I hope not because I've always enjoyed going to the cinema and having my eyes bleed as I watch those. <laughs> anyway, back. To unlike the, our hearts in uh, this. Unlike our hearts, which were absolute, our heartstrings are absolutely pulled in this documentary. We, I hate seeing animals in distress. Like I think we can all agree that's a horrible thing to the say. The walrus. Yeah, it's just that was hard to watch. And, and this yeah. film is obviously deliberately done to you know make its point, but it's like oh, I hate seeing any kind of animal in distress. It's yeah. awful. The Chernobyl bits—they're the only sort of. Uh, you know, pieces sort of film specifically for this unlocation. Yeah, I think I think they use a lot of just stock stuff. I mean, they would have hundreds of thousands of hours of vision. Well, he only recently finished Planet Earth two and Blue Planet two, didn't he? I think mm-hmm. so. He, they would have had a lot of vision, plenty of stuff to get. Very through. good 4K vision from that. Yeah, but it was it was lovely to have sort of this framing and using Chernobyl as sort of a, an analog for what we could face in the future. In that Chernobyl now has the forest has taken over. That was and a really the animals cool point. have returned. That made me think I wanted to be like um, Woody Harrelson from 2012 and just live out of a van and have no footprint whatsoever. <laughs> and you know, with with zero human impact, what the world can do to recover itself? Because mm. you know, us versus us versus Mother Nature. You know, when she strikes. Well, that's the thing, and I think it's a it's a you know it's a sobering point, but it is it is a point which is you know we we are. To a certain extent, we're kind of marching to our own extinction, but the planet will still be here after us. Yeah. And it will probably be pleased to see us go and recover. So it's sort of like we need to make sure we're good, you know, house guests. Yeah. Really. It's the same point they make in the um, Jurassic Park book. No, no, it is. It is. It, uh, Ian Malcolm says that uh, we're, not, we're not saving the earth. We're saving humanity. Yeah, I think there's a distinction there because that – Tree, one, if we were to become extinct, the animals, depending on what state we leave the planet in, it might take a bit of time, but, you know, the animals and the trees there and all of that, they're still going to go on. They're not going to care. They mm-hmm. won't miss us. Mm. Yeah. So maybe he's going to release a super bug of some yeah. sort. He is a Bond villain. Wait, and, and if he is a Bond villain, I think I'm on his side. I would like to be his henchman. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. 
Anyway, <laughs> I think I'm stuck right now for words because I'm d- dealing with an existential crisis of I, I know yeah. of what to do with my future. I'm like, what's the point? You know, mm. we've got to episode twenty. What's the point? Let's, you know, I'm going to eat an apple and then um, try and live in the forest somewhere. And I'm going to go outside and fertilize my <laughs> potato patch. Hot damn! Can That's I right. join you? We've got Mars to look forward to. That's exciting, isn't That's it? That's another planet yeah. we can ruin while yeah, we're at it. Absolutely. Why not? I, I did actually. Um, this is kind of related to this documentary, but I think about a year ago, a scientist or someone in in America was trying to sort of figure out what to do with with all of our waste, all of our rubbish, and stuff like that. And a legitimate suggestion was, why don't we send it to Mars? And then the entire scientific community said, we have already well into the process of ruining a planet. And you're suggesting that we now ruin another one that we're not even, um, what's the word, habit- habitating? I think that's right. No, yeah. it's not. Is it? Habitating? Inhibiting. Inhibiting? No, no that's just not. No. Uh, Inhabiting? Inhabiting. Inhabiting. That's the oh, one. Damn. Sorry, dear listeners. Oh, Why are we not the, sending it to the sun? The sunstroke on me is killing me. <laughs> yeah, just shoot it into the sun and vaporize is it, it. Isn't that a Bruce Willis movie? <laughs> Hopefully. It, oh, that, I'm thinking of Armageddon. That's the no, you're thinking, what about sun, you're thinking about Sunshine. I haven't actually seen I've got Someone's lent me Sunshine. I need to watch it You yet. must yeah, watch that I've movie. heard it's quite good. Anyway. Uh... What were we talking about? Sorry, I, I just I just thought it was interesting <laughs> that in you know again not to we're talking about some pretty weighty things in this documentary like the human condition is just why don't we just ship our rubbish to another planet? No, because that's not fixing the problem, is it? You're just extending no. this torture that we're sort of going through. True. All right, so <laughs> Attenborough, what do we? How do we feel? What do we? Uh, out of five, what are we going to give this oh. this bad boy? Uh, five out of five. Bulldozers. I feel like I oh. feel like this being perhaps the classiest thing we've ever done on <laughs> on this podcast maybe we should give it stars okay celebrate 20 20 episodes with just stars yeah because what a guy yeah adam bro what a yeah what a lad does he have a star on the hollywood walk oh i'm not sure I'm, his brother might yeah uh, true oh, i think they do both of them do yeah okay well i should hope that he does or, yeah. i think Good richard and, and david both both mm. stars yeah i miss richard I miss Richard as well. Yeah. Yeah. Was he the older brother? Oh, possibly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because he was directing films in the 70s. Yes, he was. But having said that, anyway, I don't know. I don't know. His old films pop up, pop up a lot. And you go, oh, it's Richard. I would like to do a Richard Annabra film at some point. This is a different episode, obviously. But anyway. Or you could just do Jurassic Park. Well, that's a Spielberg film. I'm oh, talking, no, I'm I talking mean, about like, a film that Richard's directed. Oh, directed. Yeah. Oh, Great Escape. Okay. That's, that's what Great, it is. Uh, yes, it is. And he did Oh, What a Lovely War. Never seen it. Uh, which which is very good. He did A Bridge Too Far, which is a terrific movie. Oh, yeah, movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrific movie. He, I think he did Gandhi. I think he did. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes, well. We're talking uh, about the wrong Attenborough now. <laughs> we are talking about the David Attenborough, <laughs> not the Richard Attenborough. Who in, yeah, in, yeah anyway. Anyway. Uh, so, okay, so we're going stars. We're just going straight how many stars out of five? Yeah. I'll go first. All okay. right. It's going to be a three for me. Um, I, yeah, I've seen. I'm going to ship you to Mars. Like I said, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen this information before. I've seen, like, the it, yeah, I know the danger. The, the danger is absolutely that i i get that i do um but you haven't added anything to this except for a personal experience and it's it, it's a valuable personal experience i just i would have wanted like something something new new information something i haven't seen on kirk's gazard's uh youtube channel or in an inconvenient truth 15 years ago you uh-huh. know I, I i would have liked some new solutions or 
or a lot more different information. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate the 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 restoration of a lot of uh, Attenborough's original documentary stuff. Seeing that in four K was actually pretty astounding. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, pretty decent. Okay, well that's fair enough. I, I'm I am going to give this five. I'm giving it five for the same reason you gave it three. Yeah, in that I. Again, like like you said, there's not really new information in this, but what I loved about it was the acknowledgement, firstly, of the work that Attenborough has done, mm-hmm. but also the acknowledgement of how short a time... Like, the fact that he's framed it through his lifespan, the changes to the planet, I thought was such a good focus and really illustrated to me the most... It was the most effective way I've ever had this, this dire situation, environmental situation we're in, illustrated to me by this framing mechanism... And I, it really struck home. I thought, I've never had someone explain it to me that, that way and make it and make their point so eloquently. And I thought for that, it was like, this is the, the best medium or the best format perhaps I've ever seen this in. And so for that reason, I'm giving it a five because it really, um, even though I'd, I'd, I've seen so many of these documentaries mm-hmm. before, this one reached me a lot more than perhaps I was expecting it to. There'd be very few 93-year-olds out there that could give you that sort of experience and scope that sort Absolutely. of first-hand knowledge. I think, I think like most people on the planet, we'd all like to have a half hour to sit down and talk to him, mm-hmm. you know, just mm. or, or rather listen to him talk. You know, you wouldn't do much <laughs> talking, would you? But yeah, I, I thought that the personal elements to this were what made it so strong. And um, yeah, so it's a five from me. I'm going to completely agree with you on all those points and give five as well. It really challenged me to really think about my place on the planet. Mm. Um, you know, I was watching it with my wife and we were both just like, oh man, like, what are we going to do? It, it was challenging to watch. Steve, you're absolutely right in that, you know, we've, we've heard all these things before, but that is the problem. That is our problem <laughs> is that we've heard all these things and we refuse to do nothing about it. And you know, it made me angry. I was like, ah, this is not fair. But, you know, I still drive a car, you know, around the island, you know, to circ in circles. You yeah, know, it's all I can Waking do. Waking me up at about four in the morning. Sorry about that. The, tra- it, the film delivered exactly what the trailer yeah, actually, promised. Actually, we haven't discussed that, have we? The, the, that trailer, which actually really gives me goosebumps, that trailer. Yeah, and the film music. is exactly the same. Yeah, it's got beautiful music. The visuals are there. It's probably the most aggressive trailer I've seen for an Edinburgh film. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, the first time I saw it, because we watched it on Netflix just before we watched it, and it was like, oh, this is... I actually thought he'd sold out, to be honest. Oh. I thought this is like... I've cut this like an action movie. But then watching that trailer again after seeing it, I thought, no, I get now why they've done that. And it's just... Oh, it's really well well put yeah, together. It's, it's done really well. Final question for you both before we wrap up. Mm. When David can't do these documentaries anymore, who are we going to trust? Charles Dance. Well, he's getting on a bit as well. Charles Dance. Uh, well, but yeah, but Charles Dance doesn't have the career behind him that Attenborough does. That's the thing. Um, yeah, people talk about Morgan Freeman for the voice. Brian Cox is probably, I mean, I know he's more science and more sort of oh, space. Yeah. He's more space and science orientated, but he's got the, I know he used to be in a band initially, but he, he has got the career behind him and he's made a number of very good documentaries already. Brian Cox comes off to me as a little bit... A bit arrogant. A bit arrogant. Yeah. Um, Charles Dance. <laughs> Charles, look, however much I actually... You know, Jeremy Clarkson. Ha- <laughs> I would listen to Jeremy Irons talk for a few hours Ooh, about trees. Yeah, I'd do that. Yeah. I-, I would happily listen to that, yeah. Um, but the, but my point is it's not so much the sound. Like, yes, Attenborough obviously has such a great voice and mm. such a distinctive voice, but... You're, you're talking tr- about the... the the career and the... Yeah, like the, the, the trust comes from the fact that you know he's 
been out there his entire life doing it. Who's yeah. the uh, English chap that does like the the most deadliest catch and like on rivers and stuff like that? him? I don't. I have no uh, idea what you're talking about. The, the the guy who does the fishing. Yeah, not the deadly sixty guy. No, no, he's like um, he does like the most the the most deadliest fish fish in this river, and they go out and try and catch that that fish. That's just that's Darwinism, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he's he's perfect for this. This he, he's got a nice voice as well. Oh, well, that's well, yeah, that's good. That's what you want from your documentarian, Steve. You're thinking of Jeremy Wade. Yeah, him. You reckon him? Why not? Yeah, okay, sure, why not? He's yeah. been on the telly a long time. But he just catches and... fish. He catches big fish. Well, Attenborough said we need to fish more. Well, we need to fish well, more actually, responsibly. No, we need to fish responsibly. Yeah, fishing more is probably not great. But and, and you know what? Recently in an article I read something about you know uh, our local area off the island talking about restricting fishing and people up in arms about it. But I just watched a documentary. I was like, oh, well, people, you're just ignorant. <laughs> yeah. But it that it does it does make you feel that way, doesn't it? Make, it? Yeah, you know, yeah. I feel I feel smart of having watched the film. Go and watch the film if you've got Netflix or you yeah. can find it. I watch the film. I I would I have never felt like recommending something more strongly. Yeah, I agree. Watch this. Sit down and watch this. Yes, you must. Steve, watch the sure. third Transformers. <laughs> That's actually a good one. Or, or read Jurassic Park for Ian Malcolm's little monologue. Does anyone else really want to taste whale now? <sighs> hey, look, there's a theme music. Hooray. Oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, for coming to the trailer. On a 13 out of 15. Boiler mash and sticking them in the shoe. Wow, now we're on Lord of the Rings. <laughs> hey, Alex, could you please get us out of here? <laughs> yeah, it's gladly. What's our socials? Uh, we are the Trailer Island Podcast. You can find us at trailerisland.com.au. We've got a Facebook page. You can hit us up there for any suggestions. If you don't like us already on Facebook, like us on Facebook because then you can you can uh, just do whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, there's also a Twitter at Island Trailer. We've got a hunt down with a harpoon, that whale that's taken our Trailer mm. Island tag. And there's also an Instagram. I have not updated that at all. <laughs> but, yes, you can also yeah. listen to our episodes through the website or you can find them wherever you're probably listening yeah. to this now. But and tell your friends. If Attenborough, if you're, if you're listening, we'd like to talk to you. You know what, David? You can have the longest episode we've ever done. <laughs> if you give us a buzz over the phone, uh, we would love to chat to you. Our island is wheelchair accessible. Oh, the man does not need a wheelchair. Did you see him strolling around? He, he had he, strut. He I could probably see him strolling you. around. He was he had swagger walking around Chernobyl. I saw a camera angle of the top half of him. Okay. All right. <laughs> anyway, we we've been the Trail Island podcast. I've been Alex. I've been joined by Matthew. Uh, Steve. <laughs> and this has been our twentieth episode. Thank you so much everybody for listening. We will see you next week. A whale of a time. Oh. This is a Narrative Network podcast.